Ah, it's a Thursday, folks. Welcome. Yes, indeed. It's uh, our monthly update with the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. And he's been busy, as we would expect. Lots of things going on. We'll get underway here in just a few moments, but uh, today is January 19th. It's a Thursday, as I said. Winding down the week. Right here at the Leader 970 WATH. On the Party Line program. Well, Steve, you've been traveling a little bit recently, haven't you? (laughs) I'm always traveling, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, spent uh, the past two days in Washington, D.C., attending the the eighth annual National Day of Racial Healing, uh, which was held, and it was a full two days. You know, started uh, Tuesday morning mm-hmm. at about 10 a.m. and what, what building did this occur? This in? happened in or occurred in the National Museum of okay. the American Indians. Yes. Yeah, which is a, an amazing museum, by Indeed. the way. If you haven't seen it, I encourage everybody to experience it. And folks, if you haven't seen it recently, these museums, um, particularly in our nation's capital, tend to have new displays and updates and all sorts of things regularly. So, um, but anyway, it's, it's a terrific place. Well, that's true. Uh, right across the street from the... Uh, National Museum of American Indian is the Air and Space Museum, right. and it's going through a major overhaul. They were doing construction on the building, um, I think new displays inside, so I didn't get a chance to go in there. Uh, again, it was a really tightly packed schedule. Schedule, it sure, sure was. Uh, and then we wrapped up yesterday, and I just got back in last night. So this concert. National Day of Racial Healing. Um, what were the, uh, the, I mean, I, we can guess what the goals were or what the purpose is, but um, describe them from your point of view. Sure, sure. I mean, it was, we had a, a number of keynote speakers. We had Dr. John Powell come, who is a professor at uh, University of California, Berkeley. He's the uh, director of the Othering and Belonging Institute, and he's a professor of law. And he kind of talk through uh, a lot of what's happening out there when it comes to healing from things like in the 50s and the 60s when the interstate system was really expanding and growing mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of communities one that was spoken about in some detail was in uh, St. Paul Minnesota and it was a community called Rondo and Rondo was primarily an African American community and when they built the highway, the interstate system through Minneapolis-St. Paul, they basically destroyed a large swath of this neighborhood. Right, um, right. You know, it impacted 200 businesses that were just got it, removed. It kind of split it into two it, parts. It, it did split it into two. And so what is going on now using the BUILDS Act monies is that they are planning to to build what are called um, freeway caps um, or uh, bridges, you know, and what it is, as I understand it, is that they will build 
a 30-acre space spanning over the highway, the freeway, and reconnecting the two sides of oh. Rondo. This is also going on in Wilmington, Delaware, where there's going to be a project there where I-95 goes through. Again, same situation where yeah, yeah. it tended to be black neighborhoods that were significantly impacted um, and destroyed, cut up, carved up, people displaced. And uh, so that's happening there as well. Um, that project, as I understand it, will create, again, a large number of acres of space where they're going to build affordable housing. They're going to build city parks. But then I started thinking about it. One of the people who was attending sat there and said, okay, great. You're, you're one, you're reconnecting the, these, these neighborhoods that were split in half. Yes. But number two, and, you know, and, and creating parks or you're creating living spaces or maybe you're creating a, um, a small business corridor or that's part of the plan. But you're building it on top of the freeway and you've got semis that are belching out exhaust. You've got, you know, cars, large volumes of vehicles, by the way. Uh, okay, so now I'm confused. Is the elevated part going to be the community? It or, is. Okay, so they're going to keep the... Um, the freeway will stay there. Down at ground level. At ground level, and but they will you know see i've often heard of the other being done to reconnect the community is they'll finally elevate the highway and then that the street level remain get back intact right yeah no this is this is kind this of is the opposite of that so very it's, it's unusual that, it is unusual but but again you know uh, there's an individual who was there and and i'd not really thought about that and they said well great there's now going to be this affordable housing that's sitting over a bunch of vehicles that are belching out exhaust. And so, <laughs> and not to mention sound, I'm sure yeah. the bridge itself, I guess, yeah. or the cap will mitigate the sounds. But, but it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to do, I guess, you know, to heal a community that was ripped in half. Um, there was an individual who was quoted as saying, you know, I would rather have Rondo as it was before the freeway as opposed to the $6.2 million that it's going to cost to build this cap. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you think about, you know, how, how would you calculate the wealth uh, and property ownership that was taken away back in the 50s and 60s to build this highway? Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Uh, and those who are displaced. Uh, so it was uh, it was an interesting process to go through. The other thing that we discussed a uh, lot. Let me just back up because I want to sure. make sure I get something in my mind. Six point what? Six point two million. Oh, million. To build okay. this cap. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. Now go on. Well, another part of this training or the conversation that was going on was to talk about um, land acknowledgement. You know, because if you think about it, here in Athens, Ohio, and southeastern Ohio, was largely inhabited by um, indigenous Mangoes, mm -hmm. um, Shawnee, Wyandot Nation individuals. And when uh, Rufus Putnam and company came for here from New England, basically, and 
came and settled, you know, Athens, um, a lot of those individuals who this was their homes were displaced. So it was kind of walking through the process of at least acknowledge the fact that there were indigenous people who were living here before who have been pushed out. And as I understand it, up in Upper Sandusky, which is near Marion and Finley, that was an area that was the last Wyandotte reservation. So right. here we're talking about federally mandated, here's here's an area where you can live. Well, that ended, you know, I, I don't even remember when that reservation was finally dissolved, meaning, uh, and I've thought about this a lot, and this would be great if, uh, you know, a caller were to call in, but as I'm thinking about this, there are no... Native American reservations here in Ohio that I'm aware of. And I'm really curious too as to whether there are, you know, tribal affiliations that are Shawnee, Wyandotte, Mingo, or others who are in the area that are currently active. But my point being is, you know, being mindful in where we are all living that it was lands that were inhabited by indigenous individuals. You know, I think we we certainly recognize some of the landmarks that still exist. You know, the mound in the plains. Of course. Uh, you know, the Serpent Mound out off of, uh, what, 32. Um, as you're heading to Cincinnati, we've got several different mounds throughout the... the uh, um, Chillicothe area. Yeah, but you know the stories, if you go back, we didn't treat them well. And um, all the stories I have about Wyoming <laughs> when I went to school out there, I, I've mentioned this periodically on the show. Um, Native Americans, um, black people who were there to play basketball for the college and how they were just simply cast as a category that was you, you looked down upon and you mistreated. And it was so disturbing to me. Right. But, I, I, and that's why I often say Wyoming, you know, because I loved it, and yet there was so much I wished could have been more. I, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I experienced the same thing, Dave, when I lived in Grand or in uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Yes, where. Not too far from Grand Forks was Turtle Mountain Reservation, which, uh, you know, and, and looking at the, the conditions of that reservation, which were not great, you know, unfortunately, the, mm -hmm. the health issues that they experience on reservations, unemployment, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. North Dakota, Oregon, where I lived, you know, there's the, uh, the hot springs reservation there uh 
in kind of central Oregon and the poverty level that exists around uh, Warm Springs Reservation is just staggering. But Well, so this two-day conference you just returned from in Washington, D.C., the National Day of Racial Healing. Um, do, you, do you feel there was some progress identified or projects that they can undertake or wish to undertake to resolve some of these things? Uh, well, I do. I do. I mean, like on a, a brighter note, out in California, um, near uh, Eureka, which is kind of s- central northern California, yep. Yep. Uh, along the coast, there was an island that was basically inhabited by a, a tribe called the Wydot, um, or Wyat, uh Tribe. I think that's right. And they, in 1860, were celebrating a World Day in 1860 to where the tribe was there, and there were hundreds and hundreds of them, and a, a group of uh, white individuals uh, went over to the island and massacred uh, the majority of those that were attending this event and uh, or scattered the rest of them and claimed the island for themselves and and uh, eureka over time had really not done much with this island it was a 280 acre island Mm -hmm. and it was used for (laughs) of all things disposing of toxic substances that they didn't want (laughs) to deal with right Yeah. yeah and so though the uh, Wyatt tribe came to them in uh, the 1990s and said, hey, we would like to purchase some of this land because at that point the city owned the land. It was city controlled. And they were able to scrape together enough money to purchase 1.8 acres. So they bought this small, small parcel and it kind of became their beachhead, if you will. And came back later and said in the 2000s and said, we would like to take on 45 more acres of land. And it went through city council and it was back and forth and so on and so forth. So eventually they were able to acquire the 45 acres. And then in 2014, city council, three council members said, you know what, as a way to to Uh, kind of apologize and reconcile for what had happened in the 1860s and all the way up to the mid-1990s. Let's just give the Wyatt tribe 200 acres of this island. And it wasn't until last year that they finally were able to work out the details and everything, and they were, they, um, deemed it as excess property and gave it to the tribe. And so the tribe is now building a hospital. They're building 40 or 50 affordable housing units on the island. They have created a daycare system, a school system. They've really started to develop this island that was really used for nothing but a landfill, if you will. Let me let me just ask, because I'm curious. So how many acres was the island as a whole? 280. Okay, 200. so most of it. 200 out of yeah. the 280. Okay, I yeah. get it. Yeah. That's good. It is good. So, And that's kind of what this conference was talking about, you know, how 
Here are some ways, here are some models to make amends. Again, this is where that freeway cap came mm-hmm. up, this mm-hmm. bridge across an interstate that carved up a African-American neighborhood. Um, so th- th- those were really interesting to listen to. The other thing that was fascinating is that we had an individual who came and her name was um, Shantha Reddy Alonso, and she is the Director for Intergovernmental and External Affairs for the Department of Interior. And she started talking about a lot of the Department of Interior programs that are going on right now and how they can help, you know, and whether it's on tribal lands or with just within your cities. Um, one that really struck me is a program called Urban Waters. And what this is, it's for um, rethinking waterways that are in your cities. It could be a lake. It could be a reservoir, you know, a man-made reservoir. It could be a river, a river or a stream. Well, we've got the Hawking River. And what they do is they have, there's grants out there to beautify and use your waterway as something that everyone can enjoy. You know, I've been here since 1973, I think. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone come up with an idea or some something to improve the hawking and its usefulness and its beauty and, and that sort of thing. And with only modest success, True. I think of Andy Anderson, Aura Anderson, as most people knew him here. But in Columbus, we knew him as Andy. And uh, all the efforts he undertook and ideas. And wouldn't it be neat if something finally happened? Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you. Totally. So, you know, we've been working on this concept for quite a while to where we own the... (laughs) Everyone refers to it as the Little Red Schoolhouse, right? Habitat for Humanity was sure. operating out of it. That's out on, on West Union Street and right on the river. Right. Um, it's it, The Athens Lumber Company um, is what it was. It was the office for the old Athens Lumber Company that used to be on Union Street, West Union. Um, when I first moved here, the lumber company was still there. So they relocated this building. Anyway, what what th- what we That's re- right. They re- did relocate. They did. Yeah, because I was thinking the lumber company was closer in, but anyway. Yeah, relocated it from yeah. that portion of West Union yeah. all the way down to its current location. And we'd like to build a a put-in, you know, a trail that'll go from that building down the slope of the river to where people could put in their kayaks. Sure or canoes, um, we have a takeout, if you will, or a put-in, we have a ramp that's in West State Street Park above the falls. Um, and so what someone could do is, you know, basically, Dave, you could walk down here and put in yeah. not too far from the former radio station. You have to kind of trudge through some trees and tall grass and weeds and whatnot. But anyway, you could put in on the river. And you could float all the way down to a State Street, take your canoe or kayak out, and you'd have to carry it or get some kind of a thing to help wheel you over there, but take it over to, again, the um, 
Athens Lumber Company building and down that trail and put back in again if you didn't want to deal, deal with, with the, the dam. The dam, yeah. the falls. Yeah. 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 So that's something that we're looking at. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, that the university gave us right of entry and use of approximately 30 acres of land south of the community center. And we've gone in and removed all the invasives. This is next to mm -hmm. the uh, BDT architecture and uh, the Marietta Memorial Clinic, uh, that new structure. Um, and so all the, the river frontage, we've gone in, removed the invasives, kept all the trees, even kept some really small trees in there. And we've planted more trees. So we're beautifying that stretch of the river. But no, I, I hear you. I mean, it's a it's a work in progress, and possibly this urban waters could be another uh, funding source for doing some other things along our frontage. I've got this idea, Dave, and I've been thinking a lot about it. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of of just the the scenic nature of the Hawking River as it runs through the city, right where the Richland Avenue roundabout is. It'd be really cool to have a path that runs along that kind of bench, if you will, on the south side of the river, of the Hawking River, and go all the way down near White's Mill and have it come back up to the West Union Bridge. And you'd, it would create about a two and a half, three mile loop to where you could take the bike path by, you know, the Oblenis Hospital. Take that bike path all the way up to Richland Avenue Bridge, cross over the bridge, jump on this path on the other side and, and ride it or walk it all the way down to the Richland or the West Union Bridge, cross back over and then jump back onto the bike path again. And there's some things that would have to kind of be tweaked and worked through. But Do you know how many times I've heard this idea no. and <laughs> similar ideas expressed? Uh-uh, no. Well, good. I'm and again, we mentioned, um, you know, Aura Anderson, and um, and there's been many others too that have had these great ideas. It would be so much fun to have some of them happen. Right. I I'll do everything I can to help out. Well, listen, this this uh, move on in topics a sure. bit, okay? Um, so. Um, okay, I, in my notes here, there's a things about another roundabout. Yeah. Now, okay, I like the roundabouts. Now, I certainly hear of people, some people that don't, but I think the majority of people do. Um, where's this newest one likely to be? This one will be right near where we were just talking about with the uh, potential path. Um, it would be at the intersection of 682 and 56. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So right by White's right Mill. There, right there. Right by White's Mill. And ODOT and all of that. Right. And it would uh, really alleviate a lot of the congestion that we see in the morning and in the uh, end of the workday in that area. Uh, again, there's also going to be 190. There, I mean, they're almost complete with half of the project with the WODA apartments that are going to be down there. So we received about $1.4 million to do the initial planning for this roundabout from no, ODOT. Where does that come from? From ODOT. Okay. Yeah. 
came from the Ohio Department of Transportation. So they're in favor of this. They like the idea of having a roundabout at that site. So uh, we'll continue to plan. And again, with doing this, something like this, Dave. But the 1.4 is for planning. It's a planning. Okay, now. Initial design and. The, the cost to, to actually do it. Where um, the other roundabouts that exist in the town, how did they come about? Largely through ODOT. Okay. Right. And so we'll go to ODOT for the funding for well. that roundabout as well. Correct. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so with that roundabout, it gives us the opportunity to think bigger, Dave. So that loop that I just talked to you about, you know, is yeah. it possible to create something near White's Mill with this roundabout? you know kind of sitting right there we could have a place right in the middle of the roundabout where if you had a submarine it could pop up oh there you go you know, you know what i was <laughs> you know what i was thinking about <laughs> I, I, yeah, here's what i was just thinking about this this morning uh and it's not a new thought i, was, I thought about it when we were planning the stimson avenue roundabout mm. is what's going to go in the middle of it you know well we had that grist you know stone yeah, that yeah, was yeah. there already and so that was kind of thought, well, well, we'll put, you know, the welcome to Athens thing and we'll put, you know, have project plant work on all the plantings around it, whatever. So that was kind of a. And big, you know, in that, that one corner, uh, just outside the, the, the roundabout design, is the International War Correspondence. Oh, Richland Avenue. So yeah. that's the Richland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Which one were you talking about? Stimson. I'm sorry. No, but that's, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up, too. Well, let's come back to that. Because okay. I, I, I think about that Memorial Park, which is owned by OU, Ohio University, that's theirs. It was put in place by Scripps way back when. And it is a park to where there, there are flowering trees that are in there. And those, each tree was represented a news correspondent during the Normandy invasion that lost their lives um, during the landing, uh, but were there to just report on what was going on. And it's really kind of a, an interesting moving thing. I, I don't remember what types of trees they are, but uh, you know, unfortunately, I think, I, I I think, think we've th lost three or four of those trees and I'd like to find a way to find the, the type of tree that that is and get them replaced to where we've lost a couple of those trees. And, I, and there are thousands of people who drive by that and have no idea it's there. And I think it needs to be identified in a, a, a more visually aware. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, anyway. So back to, back to Stimson. Yeah. Um, actually, back to the, the potential... The, the new roundabout, roundabout yeah. as we're planning <laughs> it'd be really cool to have like the world's largest passion works flower in the middle <laughs> <laughs> why not well, yeah, sure so i we had our regional planning commission meeting last week this is a, a planning commission meeting that meets once a month and it's attended by representation from the health department from the county commissioners from the cities and villages attend um the uh hapcap uh often has someone there sure we have all, all kinds of people um attend these meetings and uh one of the things that came up at that meeting was township trustees or attend that meeting as well 
And one of the township trustees, Steve Pearson, was talking about uh, engaging with ODOT and what improvements could or should be done with 682 and 33. Since Johnson Road is closed, it's putting more load on 682 for people going to the plains. Um, in the future, the plan is to close the the uh, exit that's down by, uh, I want to say 13, where Waltz used to be for near Chansey. You okay. remember, remember Waltz Bar that, that sat there on kind of the corner of six, oh, yeah. 682 and 13, yeah. I think is what it is. There's a there's a exit ramp right there. Well, they want to shut that one off, which means everything will be coming along 682. So what ODOT is planning at this point is to put something similar to the two roundabouts up in Logan. So if you're going to Old Man's Cave, that exit, uh, Lake Logan and Old Man's Cave, there's a double roundabout. Yes. There's a roundabout yes. on both sides of the exit. Well, that's what they're thinking about possibly doing at 682 and 33, is putting, hmm. getting rid of the signals and putting two roundabouts in right there, which would be pretty fascinating as well. So that would make an improvement on the that end of 682 and 33. And then... 56 and 682 in the city of Athens uh, would be a big improvement. Well, um, let's get back to the city a bit. Yeah. Um, okay, so arts, parks, and recreation. I chaired that, um, what do you call it, advisory committee for years. Finally, they said, you've been on longer than you're supposed to be. And uh, most of the members uh, were asked to step down, and they built a whole new committee. Somebody found out there had been term limits, and we didn't know about it. But that's all right. Uh, we were very proud of all the things we had accomplished. Now, as I understand it, there's a whole bunch of additional projects being um, considered. Um, and, um, you know, the, the person who was the director of the Arts, Parks, and Rec Department um, has moved on. And I don't know the current person. Catherine and Jordan. Well, I know the name, but I've never met. And um, We'll have to get her on your show. The, so anyway, what's going on with it? I have Arts, Parks, and Rec? Yeah, a couple uh, big projects that are going to be coming at us. One is putting a, a new restroom facility down at West State Street Park. Yes. Where uh, all the... Baseball fields are softball fields. I had a lot to driving do with, range as, in the is, JCs. Built a lot of that, yeah. and I was in the JCs and helped do that. But uh, it's well overdue. Yeah, and Sandlot uh, is keeping those fields groomed, and and so are we. You know, keeping them in, in good shape. Anyway, um, you know what, what's really needed is a new restroom facility. We did put a a uh, proposal out to bid for building the new restrooms down there. Unfortunately, um, the bids came in higher than we can authorize. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna rebid that project soon. Um, we've kind of tweaked some things. Uh, so that'll be coming up. Hopefully we get a good bid to where that can start this year to build a new restroom. And then the other is 
the tennis and pickleball courts. Uh, again, we put that out to bid. Uh, the bids came in one bid, and it came in extremely high, um, almost double what the estimated cost was, engineer's estimated cost. So we... Now, are, that was being proposed to be located where? That'll be at the community center. Okay. Yeah. It'll be near kind of the... Uh, Indoor, open, outdoor? Outdoor. Okay. Right. Some of it will be over and here. Can a tennis center be used... I'm sorry, a tennis court be also be used for pickleball? Is it the same dimension? No, no. Okay. No, they're not. I don't know. Um, no. I, I have friends encouraging me to try pickleball, but I've never done it. Yeah, the pickleball courts are much, much smaller. Okay. You know, you could probably fit, and this is a guess, so I apologize for that. I, I would imagine you could probably fit four, well, really? maybe six pickleball courts within yeah. a tennis court. I'll be down. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, very different in size. So uh, the current plan is to put the uh, tennis courts over near th where the, lar the, the large dog park is, kind of behind the Holiday Inn Express, and the pickleball courts would be closer to the community center near where the roller blade skate rink is, if you know what I'm talking about. The, yes, of course. Yeah, so in that vicinity. So we're well, going to go back out to bid and uh, and see if we can be successful in getting that project rolling finally. we got uh, 14 minutes remaining. By the way, folks, uh, currently we're showing, uh, let's see here, 50 degrees. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Outside, and guess what? <laughs> they say today it's going to peak out at 63, but rain showers, of course. Oh, well, 63 will be pleasant. <laughs> so the Ohio Realtors Association. Now, they're, they're talking about maybe an additional or new park? Well, so Miranda Cheshire is the um, president or the chair of the Athens Realtors Association, which is a part of the Ohio Realtors Association, kind of, uh, you know, under them. And Miranda asked me to come and speak with the the uh, Realtors Association a year or so ago, and uh, and I've done it a couple times, which I really enjoy because hearing what they're working on, I in turn, you know, reaching out to them with some of the things that we're trying to accomplish here in the city of Athens when it comes to affordable housing, and the most recent meeting that I attended, I was kind of talking through some of the things going on in the city, uh, and the chair or the president of the Ohio Realtors Association was there, and and she and Miranda said, you know, we've got a grant that we uh, award annually, and so we're always looking for city-owned parcels that could be used as a parklet or a, a small park. And I told her, I said, have we got a space for you? And which one did you have well, in mind? you know, I don't know how familiar you are with Meadow Lane, which is near the library. It's off of Lincoln. Yes, yes. So it's where those townhouses are. In okay. That, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a horseshoe-shaped street. The city owns a 0.3-acre parcel kind of right at the dog leg of that you know one portion of the horseshoe which is adjacent to the bike path it close pretty, pretty close pretty close yeah um and so 
I have I've known about this parcel for a long time. I've kept thinking, you know, what can we do with this? It's sitting in an, a a residential neighborhood. You know, for a hot moment, I thought, you know, maybe this could be a site to where we experiment with micro estates or tiny houses, and that just wasn't ever going to really work out well. So I took Miranda down to this area. She toured it with me. It's a flat parcel. There's, you know, one, maybe two really nice trees in it, but it's just a grassy space. Mm -hmm. And so uh, tomorrow um, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about that space and hopefully we'll be awarded, I think it's a $10,000 grant, maybe uh, give or take, um, which should go a long ways with just putting maybe some of those glider benches in that rock back and forth and maybe a little path and some pollinators or something something to make it a little bit more attractive and it would be again this small little neighborhood parklet for a residential neighborhood Uh, so that's pretty cool to be able to i think anything added like that is helpful and uh, this community has some unique spaces already why not a few more? Yeah. Well, you know, there's something, Dave, that came out in the news on Tuesday on my drive to D.C. I was listening to NPR, and it came up. And it was a study that came out of somewhere in in uh, Europe. And it was about uh, people, health and people who engage, physically engage in green spaces, recreational spaces. And it doesn't even necessarily speak to, well, exercise, you know, and doing all this stuff, just getting out into nature somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the study reported that people who were on antihypertension meds or people who were, um, you know, having to take diabetes medications, all those individuals found themselves having to use less or reduced the the uh, need for medications by virtue of of just engaging in nature somewhere. And so yeah, you hear this over and over. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the more that we can do, the more we can create outdoor experiences, positive experiences for people, the better. You know. So. Well, well, you know, you know, I mean, it's nice to have the government involved, and by the government, I mean the city administration, and so on and so forth. But, folks, if you have an idea, um, you know, pursue it. Ask some questions. That's what I did. I called the uh, people responsible for the the flood area there um, uh, next Hawking to the river, yeah, and said, um, you know. Couldn't I just mow that for you? And I had my big tractor and the six-foot bush hog and then a finish mower. And pretty soon I said, now, you wouldn't mind if some young people, you know, played soccer on there a little bit, would you? Weather permitting? Well, no, no, you know. And, and then the city put up a restroom up at the on the bike path yep. right there. Yep. Um, and look at it now. Often it's just an ask, Dave. Yeah. You know, so my director for engineering and public works, as we're looking at a connector road between West Union and West State Street okay. along Herald Drive, you okay. know, to connect the two streets. Um, 
that and also the West Union Street project, which is going to be coming at us this year. Um, <laughs> he just took it upon himself to call ODOT and say, hey, do you by chance have an extra million dollars that we can put towards this project? <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, ODOT came back with saying, yes, we do have some extra money that we can mm -hmm. can grant you uh, for your project. So sometimes it's just simply remarkable making the ask. I had an interesting email yesterday that came to me from uh, a citizen here in Athens. And this individual had heard about, you know, the conversations taking place at the state level, again, to have, you know, uh, Amtrak, you know, enhancements oh. to Amtrak's trains okay. that goes through the state of Ohio. And so this person, uh, we're setting up a meeting together because they were saying, hey, we should act fast to see if there's any opportunity to have a spur that comes down to Athens, you know, kind of like the Hawking Scenic Rail Line or something like that. But it's some some service that goes between Athens, and this is not a new concept, Dave. People have talked you know, about we, that. For we've years. had passenger service through Athens for years, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it stopped at the old station, which is no longer a station. It's just a nice building that the, is privately owned, but. Um, that could be activate not that building necessarily but the concept could be activated again i took a group to the uh, presidential inauguration um a group of 60 people on that train did you and i can't remember what president it was uh -huh. it was years ago but it was something the station promoted and we had uh, the cooperation of uh, some congressional leaders to get seating and everything and it was a, a remarkable trip yeah you know i we went, we went to the uh, um uh, cincinnati well now they're the bengals right yeah uh but cincinnati football game and stayed at the hilton downtown by train via train yeah 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 well we used to use it when i moved here in 98 there was transit, not not tr rail, but Greyhound used to come to the Oasis. Do you remember that on OU campus? Is where yes, yes. Where the Greyhound bus would pull up. Yeah. Anyway, well, listen. One yeah. last topic, um, unless I didn't let you finish the one you were on, but um, the Planning Commission. Okay, um, as I understand it. Um, they, they're considering some possible zoning changes. And uh, is it anything we should be alarmed about? Oh, no, no. I, I don't think that we should be alarmed about, largely because these are recommended changes that came through the comprehensive plan, our Vision 2040, our new comprehensive plan. And in there, it speaks to rethinking the zoning uh, in, in one area, it would be on West Washington, West State, and Schaefer, you know, down where the Stuart McDonald building is and where Cider House is and, and those areas, which way back when in the day, that was business. You know, there was businesses that were in a lot of those buildings. I remember when I moved here, right next to the Cider House was a lawnmower repair shop, yes, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and there was Frank's Bait Shop. You know, it was another place that was active when I mm -hmm. first moved here, and it's no longer the case. 
But it's going back and looking at and there what... Was, there was a shop that repaired uh, fluid pumps. And, um, of course, there's Miller's still. Miller's is still there, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. You know, um, Kelly mm-hmm. Sauber moved his whole distillery operation, which um, Fifth Element Distillers is right down there mm-hmm. uh, behind Miller's Chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's opportunity, but it needs to be rezoned, you know, and thinking about how can there be a more thriving small neighborhood business community. Right. Um, so that's one thing that we're going to discuss today during the meeting. And again, this was all things, if you think about it, so the comprehensive plan by and large had neighborhood input for the different neighborhoods, the west side, the near east side, the far east side, the north side, south side. Um, and so uh, this is stuff that there was community input on these concepts. This isn't something that the city government said, hey, this is what we'd like to do. It came from the neighborhoods. The other is the Stimson Avenue corridor and rethinking the zoning down there. Uh, what would be a, a more advantageous for commerce on the, that corridor? So that'll be discussed. There'll be a couple other things that we're going to talk about, but that's the only thing on our agenda. So uh, th- th- let's talk about a very general thing. <coughs> if someone's listening to this program, and they've got an idea. Um, you know, you don't often know exactly who to send it to. Um, and I, if if they were to simply send it to the attention of Steve Patterson, mayor of Athens, you would get that um, routed to the proper authorities, right? I would. I would. As a matter of fact, the individual who talked about, you know, this train you know rail service i texted him back yesterday and said hey set up a meeting you know get my executive assistant to set up a meeting for us and let's meet i'm i'm more than happy to talk it through and see what can be done the one thing about me dave is that the first words out of my mouth are typically never no it's like let's let's discuss it yeah let's see if there's opportunity there of course yeah well listen um let's see here are there term limits for the mayor? There is not. Good. In <laughs> uh, the next um, election is how far away? Is uh, It would be the primary in May, May 2nd, uh, oh, and then okay. the general election, which will be in November. And so if you're asking, am I going to run again? <laughs> the answer is absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, we always appreciate you coming by. We know you uh, do it monthly and uh, once and even more often if something comes up. And um, just um, put it on your schedule because we need to hear from the mayor. Steve, thank you. Thank you, Dave. All right. Folks, uh, tomorrow, Friday, a free-for-all edition uh, as we typically end the week. And um, once again, we are now at 51 degrees uh, outside our studios and headed up to 63 and Carry that umbrella or rain jacket or whatever because later in the day we're expecting uh, even, um, well, I guess it's drippy right now, but uh, we're going to have a heavier rain as the day continues. All right, and tomorrow we'll end the week on a Friday. See you then. Okay, bye-bye. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. Heaven.